Shalom, this is Rabbi Thomas Davis Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue bringing you uh, teaching today entitled, Let No Man Fool You. It actually says in Colossians 2.18, Let no man beguile you of your reward. At the outset, it's well for us to remark how very frequently that Shaul, or Paul, teaches us by his metaphors to erase. Over and over again, he's telling us, so to run that we may obtain, urging us to strive, and at other times to agonize. And speaking of wrestling and contending, shouldn't this lead us to believe that a believer's life is more than passive acceptance? Something only to be left to a little superficial consideration? A believer's life must be a matter which demands all our strength. When we're reconciled to Yahweh Elohim, there should be evidence within us, a living principle that demands all our energies. Those who dream that carelessness and passivity will find its way into the kingdom have made a great mistake. The way to hell is neglect, but the way to heaven is very different. It's written, quote, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, unquote. A little matter of neglect brings you to ruin. But Yeshua's words are, quote, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, shall seek, quote, unquote. Merely seek, quote, to enter in and shall not be able, unquote. Striving is wanted more than seeking. May the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, always enable us to be in earnest about the salvation of our souls. May we never count this a matter of secondary importance, but may we seek first and beyond everything else the kingdom of God with his righteousness. May we lay hold on eternal life. May we so run that we may obtain it. Now I observe not only in myself, but also in my fellow believers, that we're often more earnest about the things of this life than we are about the things of the life to come. We're all impressed with the fact that in these days of intense economic conditions, to avoid poverty, we must constantly strive to keep our heads above water. Yet, many strive for other reasons that relate more to a man's greed and esteem. Is it unavoidable that this word shall engross all our thoughts and cares? And shall the world to come have only now and then a consideration? No. May we love Yahweh with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength, just as it says in Deuteronomy. And then we may lay our body, soul, and spirit upon the altar of Yeshua's service, for these are but our reasonable sacrifices. Shaul gives us a warning in our text. And out of this text are three meanings which are worthy of notice. Quote, let no man beguile you of your reward, unquote. So let's talk about what Shaul may mean here. Number one, let no man beguile any of you who profess to be believers or followers of Yeshua of the great reward that will await the faithful at the last. As believers, many of us have begun the believers race or we profess to have done so, but the number of the starters is far greater than the number of the winners. It's written, quote, they that run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize, unquote. And another quote, many are called, but few are chosen, unquote. Many begin in their walk, and though they run well, after a while something hinders them, that they don't obey the truth, 
and they go out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, doubtless they would have continued with us. Now we may expect that some will come and try to turn us out of the race course openly. Not plausibly and with sophistication, but with an open and honest wickedness. Some will tell us plainly that there is no reward to run for, that what we believe in is all a mistake, that the pleasures of this world are the only things worth seeking, that there are delights of the flesh and the lust thereof, that we should do well to enjoy them. We shall meet the atheist with his sneer and with his ringing laugh. We shall meet with all the kinds of persons who will to our faces tell us to turn back, for there is no heaven, there is no Messiah, or if there be, it's not worth our while to take so much trouble to find him. Beware of such people. Meet them face to face with unbending courage. Pay no attention to sneers. If they persecute you, reckon this to be an honor to you. For what is persecution but the tribute that wickedness pays to righteousness? And what is it indeed but the recognition of the seed of the woman when the seed of the serpent would desire to bite his heel? But Shaul does not warn you so much against people who openly come to you in this way. He knows that you'll be on alert against them. However, he gives special warning against some others who would beguile you, that is to say, who will try to turn you out of the right road, but who will not tell you that they mean to do so. They pretend they're going to show you something that you know not, some improvement upon what you've previously learned. In Shaul's time, there were some who turned a believer's attention from the worship of God to the worship of angels. Angels, they say, these holy beings, they keep watch over you. You should speak of them with great respect. And then when they grew bolder, they said, you should ask their protection. And then after a little while, they said, you should worship them. You should make them intermediate intercessors. And so, step by step, they went on and established an old heresy, which has lasted for many years and which is not dead even now and the worship of angels crept in. Nowadays you'll meet with people who will say, quote, that bread upon the table, why, it represents the body of the Messiah, and when you come to the Lord's Supper, therefore, you ought to treat that bread with great respect, unquote. By and by they'll get a little bolder. And then they say, quote, as it represents Yeshua, you may worship it, pay it respect as if it were him, unquote. By and by it will come to this, that you must have a napkin under your chin lest you should drop a crumb, or it will be very wicked if a drop of the sacred wine should cling to your mustache when you drink, and there will be the directions which are given in some of the papers coming out from the quote-unquote high church, absurdities which are only worthy of the nursery about the way in which the holy bread is to be eaten and the holy wine is to be drunk bringing in idolatry, sheer, clear idolatry, under the pretense of improving upon the too bare simplicity of the worship of Yahweh Elohim. Others will tell you you don't have to follow the dietary laws of God. That food today is in the modern age is permissible in all its varieties. It was only a health issue, they say. Then they will tell you that God's Torah is only for the Jews that we are under grace and love and there's no reason to obey God's instructions to us found in the Torah. 
They will tell you that God's Torah has been abrogated and nailed to the cross. I implore you to be careful of the very first step of people like this. They are indeed wolves in sheep's clothing. Quote, let no man beguile you of your reward, unquote. They'll often attack you in that insidious manner by setting up other object of reference besides those that spiritual men worship. So too, they will by slow degrees try to insinuate a different way of living from that which is the true life of the believer as the Bible instructs, which is Torah observance, God's Torah. You who have believed in Yeshua and are reconciled to Yahweh Elohim for his name's sake and have yearned to become obedient to him will be told that Shabbat, the dietary laws, festivals, and Torah are done away with or not pertinent to believers today. And in all this, they may take a great show of sanctimoniousness and paint an attractive picture or supposed freedom that in reality is licensed and leads away from Yahweh Elohim. Be careful, or they will beguile you of your reward. There's another party who will seek to beguile you of your reward by bringing in speculative notions. And instead of teaching Yahweh's Torah, They'll entertain you and lead you into occult practices and abominations wrapped in attractive packages that appeal to the flesh, claiming all sorts of authority not given by Torah. There are those today who seem to do nothing else but spin new theories and invent new systems, gutting the gospel of the kingdom, taking the very soul and bowels out of it, and leaving there nothing but the mere skin and outward bones. The life and marrow of the gospel is being taken away by their philosophies and their refinements, by their bringing everything down to the test of the 21st century, to which we are all, I suppose, are supposed to defer. But a voice comes to us, quote, let no man beguile you of your reward, unquote. Stand fast to the truth. Truth will outlast all these philosophies. Stand fast to Yahweh's Torah and his instructions as to how to live. It will outlast all the inventions of men. Stand fast by Yahweh Elohim and Yeshua, where you want no other object of worship but himself. Shaul's warning, quote, let no man beguile you of your reward, unquote, reminds us that these persons are very likely to beguile us. They will beguile us by their character. Have I not often heard old and young people say of such and such a preacher who preaches error quote, but he's such a good man unquote. that's nothing to the point it is written quote, though we or an angel from heaven and preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you let him be accursed unquote. if the life of the man should be blameless as the life of Yeshua Yet if he preach to you other than the gospel of the kingdom, take no heed of him. He only wears the sheep's clothing, but is a wolf after all. Some will plead, quote, but such and such a man is so eloquent, unquote. Pray, Yahweh Elohim, that may the day never come when your faith shall stand in the words of men. What is the ready orator, after all, that he should convince your hearts? Was not Hitler such a man who preached the thousand-year millennium? There are many such men who speak fluently and speak well in the cause of evil. 
and there are probably more who can fluently and more eloquently speak for evil than any of our poor tongues are ever likely to do for the right. But words, words, flowers of rhetoric, oratory, are these the things that save you? Should we be so foolish that having begun in the spirit by being convinced of your sins, having begun by being led limp simply to Yeshua and putting your trust in his faithfulness, that we're now to be led astray by these poetic utterances and the eloquency of men? God forbid. Let nothing of this kind beguile you. Then there will be added to these remarks that the man is not only very good and very eloquent, but that he's very earnest and very humble-minded. Hasatan knows very well that if anyone comes in black, he will be discovered. But if he puts on the garb of an angel of light, then men will think he comes from Yahweh, and so will be deceived. Quote, by their fruits ye shall know them, unquote. If they exalt not the written and living Torah, if they do not lift up Yeshua as Moshe lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, have nothing to do with them. Speak as they may. Quote, let no man beguile you of your reward, unquote. Remember, you lose the reward if you lose the direction to the reward. Even if you run very fast, you lose the reward if you don't stay on the course. You may believe false doctrine with great earnestness. So do Muslims, Hindus, etc. Yet it is false nevertheless. You must not only be earnest, but you must be right in it. Therefore, it's necessary to say, quote, let no man beguile you of your reward, unquote. I bear them witness, said Shaul, that they had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, but went about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Number two, let no man domineer over you. One of the great expositors in his commentary upon the passage refers it to the judges at the end of the course who sometime would give the reward to the wrong person and the person who had really run well was cheated of his reward you may be close to Yeshua but the world instead of honoring you for it will on the contrary censor and condemn you and because of this Shaul's exhortation is quote, let no man domineer over you unquote. I'm going to ask you to remember this first. If you conscientiously believe that you're right in what you're doing, care very little who is pleased or who is displeased. If you're persuaded in your own soul that what you believe and what you do are acceptable to Yahweh, comparing them to his Torah, whether they are acceptable to man or not, is a very small consequence. You are not manservant. You do not look for man for your reward. And therefore, you need not care what man's opinion may be in the matter, or you shouldn't. It's a wonderful Jewish teaching that says uh, you, you essentially know that you're on the right track if neither uh, praise nor criticism affect you. Something to take to heart. Be just and fear not. Live not on the breadth of men. Let not their applause make you feel great. For perhaps then their censor will make you faint. Let no man in this respect domineer over you, but let Yeshua be your master and Torah, your guide. Let no man shake your confidence. Let, let not your faith rest in man, but in God. 
let no man domineer over you again by judging your motives mankind will always give us a bad reason as they can for a good person's actions it seems to be innate in human nature never to give a man credit for being right if you can help it and sensitive minds have been greatly wounded when they have been misrepresented and their actions have been imputed to sinister and selfish motives when they have really desired to serve Yahweh Elohim. Let not your heart be broken about that. You will appear before the judgment scene of Yeshua, so don't care about these petty judgment seats of men. Go on with your master's work dauntlessly and fearlessly. Let them say, as David's brethren said of him, quote, because of thy pride and the haughtiness of thine heart, to see the battle art thou come, unquote. Go you and get Goliath's head and bring it back, and that shall be the best answer to these sneering ones. When they see that Yahweh's with you, that he has given you the triumph, you shall have honor, even in the eyes of those who now ridicule you. Let no man domineer over you. Let no man sway your conscience so as to lead you. Never believe a doctrine simply because I or anyone else utters it unless it can be confirmed from the Word of God, God's Torah. Away with it if it's not according to the teaching of the written and living Torah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Follow them not. Follow them only as far as they follow Yeshua, who came to teach us Torah, and so with every other man. Let it be Yahweh's truth, Yahweh's word, and the Ruach HaKodesh's witness to that word in your soul. Finally, number three, let no man rob you of the present reward which you have in being a true believer. Let no man deprive you of the present comfort that your faith should bring to you. Let me have your attention while I speak on this. We've been wholly and completely justified and reconciled to Yahweh through our trust in Yeshua's faithfulness. The righteousness of Yeshua HaMashiach covers us from head to foot, and we stand before Yahweh as if we had never sinned. But we still must be accountable. We are held accountable, will be held accountable for everything we've done after that reconciliation. Now it's time to write a new chapter in our lives, for it is written, quote, Who shall separate us from the love of Yahweh, which is in Messiah Yeshua, our Adonai? He has said, I give unto my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. This should remind us that if we believe, carry the testimony of Yeshua and guard the commandments of Hashem, that's the sevenfold witness found in Revelation as the definition of a true believer, he will keep us and we may sing, quote, now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding great joy, unto him be glory, unquote. Hold to that truth. Love Yahweh and obey his Torah as did his Messiah Yeshua, our Paschal Lamb, King, and Kohen Gadol. Amen. Now, he probably experienced a break in this uh, broadcast. Uh, I don't have the best internet speed or connection uh, where I live, so I apologize for any interruption. I hope you continue to listen to the podcast, and I encourage you to contact me on our website at rabdavis.org. And click the Ask the Rabbi link and put any suggestions, questions, comments you may have, and I will be happy 
uh, to communicate with you uh, when I see those comments. Again, Shalom.